Attention wrestling fans, you're now about to listen to the men coming down the aisle from the main streets of South Elgin, Illinois, with a microphone in his hand and questions on his mind. This is What Do You Say with D. DJ. Welcome everyone to episode 36 of What Do You Say with DDJ. Uh, this episode here is going to be the best of What Do You Say with DDJ volume 2. Uh, back at the end of last year, I did the, a best of where I recapped or had clips from the first 20 episodes of the show and some of the questions I asked my guests. Uh, this volume two is going to be uh, from episodes 22 through uh, 28. So you'll be hearing some clips from these uh, episodes and my guest on there. Uh, so kick back, relax, and enjoy this volume two best of what do you say with ddj hey what's up everybody this is pro wrestling sensation all day martian rocket and you are listening what do you say with ddj all day as well too uh, so uh first off let's start off right to it uh what did you do for new year's uh, what I did for New Year's is uh, myself and Roxy Hart, being uh, the most fabulous couple of all of professional wrestling, decided to grace this local establishment down the street uh, from us with our presence. You know, uh, the bars around here, we're right outside Chicago, are closed, but there are some that are still open because, you know, the governor says you can't be open, but they're like, you know, Haha, we're going to stay open. So we went over, we went down the street, uh, had a few drinks, hung out with a whole bunch of friends, sent a bunch of autographs, took a bunch of pictures, and then came home and has had a fabulous night uh, by ourselves. Beautiful. It's pretty similar to what I did. It just stayed at home, stayed stayed at the mother-in-law's house with the wife and the kid and the nephew, and just uh, watched movies, ate popcorn, and that was about it. So, you know, once you uh, reach. Uh, after the age of 21, New Year's Eve is just pretty much, you know, let all the uh, amateurs go out there and handle that. You know, uh, right. Us, us, us old hardcore people like that, we don't, we don't need New Year's Eve to go out. You know, let, 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 them, let them take care of that. Yeah, that's right. Our, uh, us, us old uh, hardcore guys, you know what? We, we, we know where the fun's really at. So Exactly. That's wherever, me and, that's wherever myself and Roxy end up. That's, that's where all the fun's always at. Well, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because, you know, I had a lot of fun at the CCW show and we'll get into that a little bit more later. First off, uh, Joey, how did you discover pro wrestling? Well, I discovered pro wrestling. um, It was April of 1984 when I, uh, yeah, 84 when I first discovered pro wrestling. When I was a kid, I never really watched television or anything like that. Uh, I was always outside running around from the first second I woke up till right before I went to sleep, I was always outside. So, but this one Saturday morning, I woke up and it was pouring raining outside, so I couldn't go outside. So I turned on the television and I saw this wrestling ring, which I thought was a boxing ring, okay? Mm -hmm. And then wasn't paying too much attention until the guy on the TV said, and now, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for Piper's Pit. I'm like, huh? Then I saw... This schlubby-looking guy wearing a blue, like a uh, uh, blue gear and everything like that, and some guy wearing a dress. You know, I'm like, okay, this is this has piqued my interest. So the very first thing I ever saw in professional wrestling was the Piper's Pit with Frankie Williams when wow. Piper beat the crap out of him. That's the very first thing I ever saw with pro wrestling, and being you know such a young a young young boy and everything like that, how can you not be automatically just drawn to that? And I rocked on from it's been history ever since. I rocked on from there. Yeah, what so an yeah, it was the first thing I ever really truly saw in wrestling. What an introduction to pro wrestling. So I know, right? Right. Um, yeah, for so you mentioned Roddy Piper, so in, in that so uh were there any other guys that kinda you were drawn to once you first started watching wrestling? You mentioned Piper, so I would assume he was someone that you kinda were attracted to, you know, in that sense. Oh, oh definitely. I, I was more attracted to the bad guys, you know. Uh, I loved uh, Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful, anything Bobby Heenan did back then, because he had Big John Studd, he had Ken Patera. 
Magnificent Morocco was another one. Uh, when you just saw him, you know, that swagger, you know, the, the, the Mr. Fuji in his corner, uh, any, any kind of the heels. And then we got cable pretty much like a week or two after I started watching wrestling. Then I found TBS. And then I found Ric Flair. And then I found Tully Blanchard. And then I found world-class championship wrestling. And without a doubt, Gino Hernandez is probably my, one of my second time, all time favorites. Yeah. So anytime, any bad guy, you know, with the swagger and the, the smart ass attitude like that, that that's what drew me right into it. I was never, I never liked the good guys because, you know, good guys never got the cheat. <laughs> well, you know, Eddie Guerrero made a living out of it towards the end of his, you know, his, his career and stuff before he unfortunately passed away. I mean, lie, cheat, steal. I think Eddie, I liked Eddie so much better as a heel than than as a babyface. But with the charisma that he had, there's no way in heck he was not going to be a good guy and cheer for anything like that. But I kind of like his WCW uh, day. Well, obviously, everything he did was great. But I like his WCW heel days when he was like that with the long hair with, the, uh, you know, with everybody else, with Chavo and Ray and everything. Yeah, I think Eddie, Eddie was still a heel at heart. So, yeah. The fan, just like when Piper turned to a Piper turned into a good guy, he never changed who he was. Uh, people just started throwing roses at him instead of chucking eggs. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, when did you come to the realization that you wanted to become a pro wrestler? I think pretty much the the second after Piper's pit ended and found out what it actually all was. But you know, as I'm sure you've done, I mean, you got the figures and everything like that. And, I used to wrestle my pillow and, you know, beat up my pillow and uh, beat up my friends and everything like that. We, we would have uh, matches in the backyard before backyard wrestling was ever a thing, you know what I'm saying? Um, but back in those days, you really didn't know where to go. Uh, wrestlers were untouchable. You didn't have Twitter. You didn't have Facebook. You didn't have Internet, basically. So you can't, you know, I mean, you, you could tweet Jim Cornette right now. and He nine times out of ten, he's going to respond to you. Or you could talk to another wrestler. Back then, you just didn't know where to do it. So it was thanks to the internet where I was able to finally find an avenue where to do all this. I mean, something I've always wanted to do, but to actually do it, that's, that's something different. Cool. So, uh, so I'm a huge fan of Silas Young, so I really need to hear that because he's one of my favorites in Ring of Honor. What was he like as a trainer? Because I know on T, he, his character is he's like you know the last real man. So uh, is how is he just as intense as a trainer as he is as a performer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a pretty intense guy. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about him. He's he's a good guy, but he's definitely an intense individual. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, I was also young and dumb at that point. So. <laughs> but uh, so what was maybe like in terms of advice that he gave you? Was there a p certain piece of advice that Silas gave you that really kind of really resonated with you and something, I guess, you know, that really holds true to this day? Um, essentially, uh how do I say it? I would say essentially no one's going to protect you or your character better than yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, no one's going to look out for you better than yourself. So just don't be afraid to, you know, ask, stand up, say no to things, work things out and be professional, but don't necessarily just uh, say yes, sir, and go with everything. Okay. That's a good piece of advice to have. Um, so uh, where uh, you mentioned that, you know, you work, you know, the Midwest, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, like after you, uh, once you uh, got, you know, into your training and stuff, what were some of the promotions that you uh, worked for? Uh, well, when I originally started training, I worked for a lot of the Milwaukee feds. Um, so ICW, I worked for uh, Colonel. I worked for Powell. I worked for uh, a couple other ones around that time. Um, CLPW. Okay. Point. Um, and those those were pretty much it for quite a while. Uh, when I first broke in, I'm not gonna say there wasn't a lot around, but I mean, it 
there wasn't as much as there is now. And mm-hmm. for the first couple of years, really, I worked like maybe once a month, twice a month. Uh, it wasn't until probably four or five years into it where I kind of got to branch out and do more and yeah. go other places. I mean, it's it's kind of like an apprenticeship. You have to build your name and get your name out there before mm-hmm. people are going to look at you. Okay. So when did, so you mentioned your time frame, when, when was this time frame? When did you start training? Like what year? Uh, I started training in 2008. Okay. Uh, wrestling in like probably 2009. Uh, and then, like I said, I, I would say it wasn't until 2011, 2012, where I kind of got to branch out more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I mean, uh, luckily over the years, I've, I've gotten more and more opportunity and, I mean, you, you, you get some, you lose some as far as companies go, and you just kind of got to find what companies uh, take care of you and what companies you enjoy working for. Um, there's a whole bunch of companies that you can work for, but eventually they just feel like a job. Right. <laughs> like, And then there's companies that you work for that you just love going. Uh, and I've had both. And like sometimes the, the companies that feel like a job are some of the bigger companies or maybe a company that your name's getting out there more, but you're not always necessarily having fun. Okay. So it's, it's kind of hit or miss. You kind of got to pick your battles when it comes to stuff and maybe do some stuff that you don't want to and maybe not do some stuff that you enjoy doing, but if it doesn't benefit you at certain points. Right. Understandable. So you'd mentioned, um, working for uh pow and that's the promotion i believe that uh jimmy blaze runs yes yeah so uh jimmy i've known jimmy for a few years of uh, stemming back from his days in uh pc when he was in pcw uh what's it like working for jimmy uh, i like jimmy i i actually i only wrestled for pow like a couple times and then i've wrestled for jimmy since then for other companies okay uh, he, he books for other companies so um, I like Jimmy. We've always gotten along. We've we've had our uh, our feuds and stuff in in the business, but he's a, right. he's a great guy. Right. Right into it. Um. Yeah. So when we last uh, chatted, it was about a few weeks before the show on October third. And, you know, obviously since then the show has come and gone and it's premiered on a variety of platforms such as Amazon Prime, Fight.TV, Powered 4 TV. Um, so, uh, John, tell me what the reception has been like from not only uh, the fans that you've talked to, but also uh, the wrestlers that were on the show and just people that you've uh, spoken to you in general about it. You know, it's, it's, it's humbling because, you know, when we did the show, and when we talked to the fans at the show, mm-hmm. there were so many fans when I was in the crowd walking through just to check on people because as a promoter, I've always felt like outside of taking care of business backstage, you know, it's important to be there to talk to the crowd, see how the crowd's liking things. And I had so many crowd members walk up to me and go, man, this was the type of wrestling I grew up watching back in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. that made me love professional wrestling. You're not making a mockery of it. You're not going out of your way to do, you know, uh, adult ultra graphic content. You know, you're, you're good wrestling with good stories. And people really took a liking to it. Uh, the reviews so far have been pretty excellent. Uh, I've talked to some fans from the United Kingdom that's watched our show. Wow. Uh, one, actually, uh, his name's David. Uh, he actually got a subscription to Amazon Prime just to watch our show. Oh, wow. And he messaged me the other day. I'll I'll send you the screenshots of this. And his exact words were, hey, mate, is uh, Amazon Prime hit a watch? And then about two hours later, I messaged him. I was like, so what do you think of the show? And I was kind of like worried. I'm like, oh, man, he's going to probably hate this. And he's like, that was damn good. He's like, "This this was really good. He's like, when's your next event? And I was like, well, in April. He's like, well, I'll tell you what, uh, if COVID doesn't have any restrictions on UK traveling, you know, him and some of his friends were actually thinking about taking a flight to the United States just to go to see some wrestling shows here and there. And we were one of the landmarks they want to go see, which is, it's so humbling because you're sitting back thinking about it. Like, 
you're going to fly all the way just to see me? Like, really? You know, and, you know, you have a friend uh, yourself uh, is coming out of Texas. Yeah, my buddy. see uh, our next show. Yeah, yeah I mean, just, Siobhan. you know, uh, the very first show, we had fans from um, Missouri. Uh, we had one fan drove all the way up from Florida. Uh, we had a fan from Kentucky. We had fans from Illinois, of course, Wisconsin, uh, just all over. And, and you know, usually you see that at like super indie fed type promotions. And here we are just doing old school Americana, you know, TV studio wrestling. And to see that that style of wrestling really draws a crowd that wants to see that presentation. Man, it just it just makes me makes my heart warm as, as an old school wrestling fan and someone who's been in the business for a long time. To see that many people want to hold on, and not only that, but bring their their kids and family to see that type of wrestling show. Mm. So that way they could they could also get introduced to uh, I'm sorry, introduced to old school wrestling and that that you know that style. And April, you know, we got we got some pretty cool stuff coming up in April. Um, so hoping fingers crossed that we can have our show in April. I know right now. Uh, COVID is still spiking all over the Midwest. Uh, but I'm hoping that we can do this. And because we have, man, we're probably going to go over this card on the show, but just the matches we have lined up. If people thought the October show was great, I truly do believe in my heart that the April show will blow October out of the water. Wow. That's saying something because having been at that show and talking to you about it personally, yeah, that was phenomenal show. So if it's this is going to be blow October out of the water, I can't wait. But one of the things, and this is something you and I have really started to bond over these last uh, few weeks and stuff, is like the is like you know personal journeys that we're both going on. Um, a lot of you who follow me, you know, know me and you know, follow me on Facebook and see my journey. And I've uh, took it upon myself to, uh, you know, go on a diet back in the middle of September. And we're in, you know, middle of January, we're coming up on four months. And, you know, I've, you know, I can probably say I've lost over 60 pounds and just being able to be, I'm proud of that. And it's just, it's so nice that oh, like, you know, I've had people message me, you know, my friends text me, you know, message me on Facebook is dude, you've inspired me. And I know, um, you yourself and i kind of want you to uh you know if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about you know your own personal journey here just because you know you telling me what you've done is really just it really validates what i'm doing because i'm doing this for myself but just knowing what i'm doing for myself is inspiring others to do the same it's like it's so it's so amazing it's just it's humbling and if you wouldn't mind i want to um i'd like for you to share your story as well too oh yeah absolutely uh you know, of course, with COVID-19, you know, kind of causing a lot of folks to go through depression, causing gyms to close down, causes, you know, personal places. I mean, a lot of people would always like to mock someone about going to the gym, like, oh, what, you can't work out at home? I've always been a home workout guy, so I can't, you know, make excuses for myself. But for a lot of people who were, that gym gives people motivation. Mm-hmm. You, know, you go there and you see other people working out, you get motivated to work out too. And for people to lose that. You know, a lot of folks gained weight. A lot of folks went through depression. Yeah. And, you know, I went through it myself. Uh, 2020, a little personal insight about my my battle with the year. Um, started out, uh, COVID-19 started taking uh, away some friends of mine personally that I worked with. I lost uh, three good co-workers mm. to COVID. Uh, then my best friend, Chris, uh, that everybody knows about. Yeah. Uh, you know, he lost his battle to stage four cancer. And then my job where I worked at got liquidated because of COVID-19. So I lost my, my job as with, with employment because of it. So, and that's all before the month of June. <laughs> so it was yeah. just like, bam, 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 bam. You know, yeah. I'm just like, oh my God, can, can 2020 just give me a break? I mean, come on, man. You know, and, um, you know, I, I've, I've talked about depression before you know, in the battles that we all have with it. And there's some people that are more open with their battle with depression than others. And myself, I'm a suicide survivor and I'm proud of that. I'm proud that I'm alive. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I felt. And I did have a little bit of depression, not, not bad like I had in years past, but it was one like, okay, 
I've, I've lost all this. I know I need to get back up. I need to better myself. And the problem was I went from being slender and I probably put on about 40, 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I felt it at the show. I, I felt it definitely when I saw the, the, the video back. I'm like, oh God, I really let myself go. And you don't really notice that in the, in the mirror a lot. You're like, ah, mirror just puts on weight. Right. Then you actually see yourself and you're like, oh my God, like I really let myself go. Come on, man. Yours better than this, you know? And then when I met you finally in person, and seeing your statuses on Facebook, like, hey, guys, I lost five pounds. And I'm like, awesome, man. Keep keep that up. While myself is eating ice cream and letting myself get in this thought in my head, oh, no, you're just you're just a hoss. You're fine. Like, yeah, no, uh, my knees are starting to hurt a lot now. My ankles are, too. I need to, need to do something about this. Mm-hmm. But meeting you in person, hearing your your struggles that you went through, your battles with your depression that you, you had to overcome. And your motivation to be a better you inspired the hell out of me that night that when I went home, I, I told my wife, I was like, you know, finally met, you know, DDJ. And not only is he an awesome person, but every day, you know, you see him putting in the work every day, you see him trying to help out other people. And then most importantly, we see that you're, you know, you're, you lost 60 pounds. Holy crap. That's like, you know, a small child, you know, if you really think about that. That's probably, it's roughly the equivalent of uh, my son, a little bit more than what my son weighs. Like my son's, I think in the mid forties, what he weighs, he's five and stuff. So I just think that's yeah. kind of, I hit that marker. And I realized, and I think I even thought about this when I realized this, I said something to my wife and then my mom. And it was just like, wow, that, and that really put things into perspective. It's like basically lost, you know, the, the equivalent of what my son weighs like I lost you know I lost the equivalent of you know a five-year-old boy yeah and that's thinking about about all the the pressure on your body carrying that weight mm-hmm. you know I, I mean I feel it myself now you know getting back into working out you know I'm, I'm doing a lot of my old wrestler workouts my my Indian clubs my mesas yep. uh, I do uh, uh, 100 uh, Hindu push-ups 100 squats uh, every day uh, continuously work on eating proper food, you know, cutting out the sweets, cutting out the soda, which the soda has been like the biggest pain in the ass. Mm. It's like, cause I used to be like, Oh man, Coca-Cola. And you crack the can open. You just have a good. And now it's like, I'm thinking to myself now, like, okay, how many days can I get away from not drinking a soda? And now I'm making a game out of it. Yeah. Cause you know, we make a game out of something you have fun with. Yep. So drinking water, you know, yep. And my goal is by June to at least lose 40 pounds. That is my goal. Oh, yeah. And then after, after, after I get to that 40 pound mark, I want to try to lose another 40 pounds. Yep. That's kind of the same attitude I've had. Like I said, I have a set place in mind of where I want to be. I'm almost there. But when I get there, I'm not going to stop. I want to keep going because I want to see how far I can take this. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the best mentality to have. Okay. Now I lost his weight. Now what do I do? Okay. I go to the gym and I work out and sculpt my body. I make my body look healthier. I, I, I have strength, you know, and I can carry on because my motivation, I think, is the same as yours. We both are family men. Mm-hmm. And we want to live a, a decent enough long life to see our family grow and move on and be happy people in their adulthood yeah. and their life. And, of course, we have you know, our wives, you know, we want to live a long life to, to, to be with them. I mean, who the hell wants to be buried in a casket at 40 years old? I don't. I that's, that's my biggest fear. I don't want to die young. I want to be an old man that just enjoyed living a very unique life and get to tell the grandkids stories. You know, that's that's my, my philosophy I want to do in life. Live long enough to enjoy every moment, everything that comes with it. Good, bad, or the ugly. be inspired to live life so i think i know what one of your answers is going to be to this next question but i'm interested to see if you had any more um when you started getting into wrestling who were some of your favorites at at, like your early favorites when you first started watching lita and john cena (laughs) okay i knew lita was going to be one of them but i was anxious to see if there was anybody else lita's always going to be number one but cena's going to be second um, he was my first, 
yeah, like you know how you always have like a first celebrity crush or like we'll say crush in general in life. Right, he was right. both of those for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was my first like celebrity crush as well as like guy crush. So yeah, <laughs> I, when he was but when he was Doctor Thugonomics, not when he was like Dad John Cena. Now the you know I'm not even, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I I like the whole. Uh, I love the uh, Doctor Thugonomics John Cena. And, mm-hmm. uh, I love that she said Lita's because she's actually. Uh, one of my favorite women wrestlers of all time as well too. So, and she's actually very, I'm lucky enough to have, have, having been able to meet her before and she's just as cool in person. So that's what I heard. I'm just like, oh, I, I, I was going to be given the chance um, in 2020 to meet her, but obviously because of the pandemic and stuff. Um, and she was actually going to, I don't want to say train me, but it was almost like a tryout mm-hmm. sort of ordeal slash, um, what do you call? Uh, oh, I can't think of the word right now. What do you? What is it called when you go to get experience? You pay, oh my god, I can't remember what it's called. Seminar, a seminar. Seminar. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, it was right there. Um, but yeah, it was like kind of like a tryout for a company slash seminar slash a bunch of other things. But she was going to be one of the people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like excited, but I was like, what if I like pass out or just start bawling my eyes out when I meet her? So I'm like, that was always in the back of my head. So I'm like, maybe it's a blessing it didn't happen because God knows what would have happened when I met her. I don't want her to freak out in the first experience that I have with her, um, in case that's the only experience I have. Right. But yeah, but yeah, I've only heard good things about her. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, okay, I think, I think maybe it would be okay knowing that now, because they always say, don't meet your heroes. Yeah. So that's always like a big fear for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, no, judging from my experience with her and the type of person that you seem to be, you know, during our conversation so far, I, I, I think you would have been okay. And I'm sure she's probably, it wouldn't be the first time she's had someone openly weep in front of her and stuff. So that's true. Yeah. Like AJ Lee publicly did it on the network. So <laughs> I was just, I was actually just about to bring that up and stuff. So, and I mean, she, she publicly wept in front of me when she met Lita, but she ended up doing okay for herself. Yeah, yeah, she she was all right, you know, longest reigning Divas champion for a while there. She did she did okay. <laughs> yeah, she you know longest uh, before uh, Nikki Bella, she was a lot. Yeah, like you mentioned, longest reigning Divas champion. Yeah. She married mm-hmm. CM Punk. I believe she's mm-hmm. got a book out and stuff. Yeah, she's yeah. doing all right. Herself, so. Have you read her book? I have not yet, but I've heard it's really good. Have to. It's it's very. She's very like as you know, she's very witty, mm-hmm. and she turns. Um, I don't know if you've heard like any. Thing about her life or what's kind of in the book but she just kind of as you know she talks about her upcoming and whatnot her upbringing and um, right he makes she's really good at making light of it well that's and good. she does it in a comedic way mm-hmm. to where oh wow this is really sad but she you could tell she's like no this is like she's kind of like oh this is like a lesson sort of thing right so she turns out positive which i'm like oh that's awesome so in a funny way but yeah well, you, I think you definitely like it. It's definitely a reader. It's, I'll, I'll definitely, I'm, I'm, I've got a couple books. I'm, 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 I've got one I'm reading now. I've got a, uh, another one um, ready to go after that. So I'll just have to add that to my pile. There you go. And that's so. So, uh, actually, you know what? This will be a new question I've asked on this show uh, since we're talking about the books and stuff. Uh, you, I'm assuming you've read a lot of like the wrestler biographies that are out there. Yes. <laughs> uh, which one would you say was your favorite and why? Um, honestly, I think, well, I, I, I think AJ, as of right now, AJ Lee. Well, I've read Lita's. It's hard. I like them for different reasons because I could appreciate them from different reasons. Mm-hmm. Like Lita's book, um, she talks about, again, she grew up, she was a tomboy and whatnot and how she like pretty much just went to Mexico, didn't really know anything but like high school like what she learned in high school of Spanish and how she got around there and stuff how she met Rey Mysterio Mm -hmm. so like hearing that experience and stuff is like it's like mind-blowing because I'm like I want to do that but I'm like the freaking courage that it takes to actually go off and do that I'm like that's amazing to me um and then you have AJ Lee who you know like uh she's very public about her um uh you know being bipolar and um trying to be um you know, mental health is like a big thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that's what her book's about. And I'm like, that um, relates to me because I do have family members that have, uh, you know, mental health and whatnot. So, um, but she, and just seeing how she was then and how she 
went through all of the negative stuff to see where she is today. I'm like, that in itself is amazing to me. So I have different favorite, or I I like them all for different reasons. I don't, I'll just say Lita by default, but. <laughs> Nothing wrong <laughs> but with yeah. that. What about you? Give me one. Maybe I haven't read it. Um, well, any of the Mick Foley ones are always really good, especially his very first one. Um, have a nice day. Um, mm-hmm. One that, uh, that was, I'd probably say that was my favorite because it felt so like, it's just, you really, it, it, like, you kind of knew who Mick Foley was before reading this book. Cause you know, he'd always been pretty open about who he was and where he came from, you know, like on, on screen mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but just to kind of really know what he went through to get to where he is mm-hmm. and, you know, and seeing where he's at now and all the things he's doing and that it's, it's, it's just a really cool story. Um, but I've read his, um, I, you know, uh, Jerry, the King Lawlers was really good. Um, what, and the one thing I really liked about his was I got to meet him about almost 20 years ago for the first time. And, mm-hmm. uh, he um, was doing a signing and the guy, he was doing a signing at a comic book shop and the gentleman that owned the shop uh, invited me, my best friend and I to stick behind. Cause I, f- I think we drove like about in maybe an hour, an hour and a half to the signing. We went from Aurora, Illinois, where I'm originally from. We drove all the way out to McHenry oh, okay. and stuff, you know, and he invited us to stick around, you know, after the signing was over, you know, and then we got to listen to Jerry tell some stories and a lot of the stories that he told us were ended up being in his book. So it was always kind of like, you know, like reading about him, like, yeah, I was there, you know, and he got to hear him tell those stories in person. So those are probably a couple. Yeah, like an extra inside scoop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like right now I'm reading the one, um, one that you might want to look into is the one that uh, Keith Elliott Greenberg put out, Keith Elliott Greenberg, excuse me, put out about the indie wrestling revolution that basically okay. talks about like, you know, the form, you know, behind the scenes of like all in and just like what it was like the rise of the independent scene and stuff. That one I'm, I'm about maybe a third of the way through and it's really good. So if you haven't read that one, check it out. And then mm-hmm. actually after that, I've got the, uh, the young bucks book on state that's next time I okay. read nice. list. Yeah, I definitely, I have a lot of, I need to check more off. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm more of a, it, I need, I wish I read more, but, um, yeah, I definitely have a couple. Like McFoley, that's definitely on my list. Um, yeah, I didn't even know about the other books that you said, which shame on me, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. There, there's a good list out there. Like I said, I know I, you know, like China, Kurt Angle, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin did one. Um, Booker T, I, I read Booker T's was really good. At least his first one. I haven't read a second one. I know Jericho's got a couple out and stuff. So there's plenty out. Oh, Jericho never. He he comes. He has like a. Uh, how do you say like uh, I don't know he comes out with yearly books I feel like he has like so much to talk about yeah he's he's one, he's one of my favorites so yeah that's so. oh yeah he's, cool. yeah he's he's in my top 10 so I put it that way there you go <laughs> so uh, awesome well first off uh, before we proceed any further pizza ranch awesome place i know it's not where i live uh we don't have any here i know there's a couple up in uh wisconsin and i've been to them up there and man the food there is awesome their buffet the delicious you know the only thing though that i do i have some beef with pizza Ranch, man oh. they never have mac and cheese how can you not have mac and cheese with that plus chicken mashed potatoes corn all that stuff but you know <laughs> what they do now, are you talking mac and cheese pizza or just mac and cheese in general? Mac and cheese. Okay. Yeah, I was at uh, I was out with some friends uh, yesterday. We're recording on Sunday, so I was out with some friends. It was Saturday, and we went to a uh, CC's for lunch, and I definitely made sure I got me a piece of mac and cheese pizza. That's good stuff. Hey, man. Yeah, you better get it while you can. I heard they uh, just filed for bankruptcy or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and then don't sleep in, but man, the pizza ranch is top notch. It's like one place. Where my wife and I, when we get, we go up to the Dells uh, for like family vacation and stuff. It's that's one of our places we always make it a point to go to. So, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, getting back into and uh, back into wrestling because I could talk about pizza all day, but uh, um, but going back into wrestling. So you've made the decision. You know, you wanted to become a professional wrestler. What was the the reaction that you got from like your 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 family and your friends when you went to and said that I want to be a professional wrestler and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, 
a little bit of a mixed reaction. You know, my friends are like, oh, that's, that's, you know, awesome, blah, blah. And, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. You, you know, I'm pretty sure that's what they're thinking. You know, you're not going to leave hometown and go pursue this. But my mom, she was, you know, obviously being a supportive mother, you know, mm-hmm. but I, you know, and one of those things I feel like in the back of my head, she really didn't want me to do it just because, you know, all the possible injuries and stuff like that. Right. But now that I've, you know, been doing this and pursued it, you know, went through all these crazy times just to do it. Uh, my friend's like, man, that's pretty sweet. You know, they, you know, check out all my footage. I've had friends come to, you know, events. My family came to a couple events. So they're all pretty supportive and thinking. So. That's awesome and stuff. So it's always kind of cool, like, when you go to these shows and, you know, see, like, you see your mom there and, you know, your friends there and stuff like that. You ever been in a situation? Because actually, um, I had uh, uh, C Red on a few weeks ago on my show. And he told a really cool story about how his dad was like not a huge fan of him becoming a, prof- a professional wrestler. But like when he went to see him, re- his dad went to see him wrestle for the first time. He talked about like his dad trying to hit uh, this guy that was beating on him with his cane and stuff. You, you got any good uh, stories like that with like your mom forgetting what you actually do and not understanding and yeah. all that? Um, yeah. Uh, the, the first vessel was my mom, my sister, my aunt and, a couple other people a couple friends of mine showed up with their families um but first match they ever been to of mine and it was actually a secret santa street fight so you know how that goes yeah you know chairs thumbtacks garbage can lids everything wow yeah it was pretty sweet um and you know they showed up my mom and aunt i think had a couple signs you know for me you know i'm i'm a heel always pretty much been a heel most of my wrestling career so I come out for the you know entrance and I kind of spot where they were. And they're like, yeah, cheering for me. Grab the signs, just ripped them up and threw them on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> now, did they know you were doing going to do that? No, it's just one of those things. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go over there and rip those signs. That's awesome. Anybody cheering for me, you know? But yeah, I mean, they that was the first thing that they witnessed in that, you know, crazy match that I had. And actually, I ended up getting power bombed on thumbtacks. So that was fun, but now, quite so, an experience for my family, I'm sure. Yeah. So, so a couple of things I want to ask about it. First, that's a great story. I loved it. I got to ask, did what 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 did your mom say when you you ran into her after the show? Like, did she say anything about that? No, she, she, she for the most part knows how it goes. You know. Okay. I've been watching my whole life, so once in a while she would check it out. So she kind of knows how it goes with the you know the heel baby face thing and. You know, she knew that I was kind of more of a heel, you know, type of wrestler. So gotcha. she wouldn't expect any less. She definitely didn't expect that. But, um, yeah, she had fun with it. So That's cool. And then- All right. Welcome to another episode of What Do You Say with DDJ. And joining me this week is the vain, glorious, and notorious Paragon. Paragon, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to do this with me. How are you this morning? Uh, Paragon is here. Paragon normally says he is always vain, glorious. But uh, Paragon be lying if he said he was feeling that way today. But you know what? I'm here and I'm ready to have some fun. I'm ready to talk some talk and walk some more. All righty then. Well, um, I'm definitely going to make this fun. Um, I know talking to you before we went out, we started recording, you know, you had some things happen. Um, if, I'm not going to say anything out of respect. I mean, if you want to bring it up, by all means, go ahead. No, it's I- fine. It's fine. Because uh, actually, it still ties into Paragon himself. Uh, when I when I first stepped in the business, uh, part of my catchphrase, I used to have this huge, long catchphrase, I would say, it was a whole spiel. And I would say that Paragon has greatness written on his ass, literally. And like, sometimes as a joke, I would have somebody take a sticky note, slap it on my butt, and then I turn around and you see greatness <laughs> on there. But uh, so uh, my uncle, my uncle Pedro, my tío Pedro, he, uh, he was the one that used to say that. He'd always be like, Boy, you got greatness written on your ass. It's in your essence. He's like, he's like, not everybody has that. See, our family does not does not make losers. We we make champions. We make greatness. And he's like, and greatness was thrusted upon you back when you was in the womb. He was like, you got you got this all on. You can't get dig it. And I'd be like, all right, up. And I used to I used to start using that as like my own moniker because it was a tribute to my uncle. Right. Um, 
he is actually who taught me how to fight and who got me in the MMA. He is the one who taught me a lot about self-love and respecting oneself, uh, both uh, emotionally and physically when it comes to taking care of your body. Uh, he was also an herbalist, so he was always like, oh, you're dealing with this? Take some of that. You're dealing with this? Eat some of that. Dealing with that? If you massage that part of the muscle? And so he, uh, he also taught me a lot about love. Uh, him and my aunt were together from her 18th birthday until yesterday uh, when my uncle sadly passed away. Uh, but just it's paramount the way that he passed away. My uncle was in his 70s. I want to say close to mid-70s. And he passed away. He, uh, somebody's car got stuck in the snow and he helped them push their car out of the snow. Like I said, he's, he's in his seventies, helped somebody push their car out of the snow. He came inside, he sat down in his chair and he went. And just to wow. think like, man, my uncle in, in his dying moments was a hero, was himself. Cause that's the type of person he was. I don't know how many times we would tell him, uncle, you got to sit down. You're doing too much. And he'd be over here doing handstand pushups and stuff. We, unk, you got to sit down. You're doing too much. First person you know that, you know, has a heart attack and stroke. And the moment that he's out the hospital and able to walk around, he starts tending uh, to his garden. And like, it's, he's just a different type. He was a different type of cat. He was a true inspiration. Uh, and he honestly, that allowed Paragon to have belief in himself. And so uh, this is also kind of, for me, a tribute to him because if I know if he was here, and I know he's looking down right now, he'd probably be like, nephew, you better go on ahead of your business. So that's what I'm here right now. Yeah, he, well, uh, I'd like to take a moment to uh, dedicate this episode in the memory of your uncle and stuff. I, you know, I lost my favorite uncle probably about five years ago. And, you know, he was, he could be a little, he could be a little hotheaded at times, but he had the biggest heart in the world and he would give you the shirt off his back if he could. So, man, I, I, I feel for you, man. I feel for your family, you know, all, all, uh, nothing but love coming from, uh, me at, uh, what do you say with DDJ, man? So, uh, love and condolences to you and your family. And that, so, so yeah, so we're going to get kind of more into, uh, the main reason why I have you on today. And that's to talk about your awesome book S is for suplex. And for those of you watching this on uh, YouTube, you can see the, that I'm holding in my hand here right now. And, that's kind of what's going on for those listening to uh, this on audio. Uh, how did uh, you come up with the idea to uh, do this book? Well, it actually started probably about a year and a half before I started working on the book. I was working on a promotional comic. We've talked about Wrestling Revolver a few times. Yes. Um, but I was writing a comic book for them, for them to sell their shows. And that was right around the time that my daughter was probably two or three months old okay. when i started working on it and it just hit me like you know uh, a, another friend of mine that had done comics had written a children's book when his first child was born and i'm like you know i've never thought about doing kids books i should really maybe go down that avenue i'm like well, what, what's something that i could pass on my love and i'm like i'm already doing this wrestling book i love wrestling i want my my daughter to love wrestling when she gets older it just clicked. And so then I came up with the idea of doing, you know, the ABC format and then it got shelved for a little bit uh, because I couldn't find an artist that uh, I wanted. And then I came across Nick and as soon as I saw his work, absolutely had to have him. Um, and so the, the, it all kind of fell into place once he came along, but then we got derailed again because our first pitch was, to do it for ring of honor um ring of honor and i don't think i've actually told this story so oh, cool. uh, you get an exclusive so, <laughs> um ring of honor had a coloring book at the time and this was when they still had the bucks and omega i think cody was still there uh and so because they had this coloring book i'm like you know what let's pitch them an abc book so nick did a, a drawing of the young bucks we just did a really simple page layout and just said, Hey, this is this idea we have. I sent them, you know, a, a loose script of what my ideas were. They took uh, about two or three weeks to review it, got back to us, said, Hey, it's not something we can do right now. Thanks. And uh, so we were a little discouraged hmm. and I thought about giving up on it. I'm like, you know what? It's too cool of an idea. 
but I know all these other wrestlers that I'd worked with on the wrestling revolver book who are starting to pick up steam people like Brian cage, people like Sammy, um, maybe just maybe we could go that route and just make it like an indie explosion book. And that's how it ended up. And then now, (laughs) and then all these other, uh, they all started signing with other not as indie focused as it was when we started because it took us about two years to complete the book. Wow. Um, so, and, and that's one thing um, that I don't think a lot of people really realize is, you know, you go to do a book and it's a very long process. One of my wife's, uh, uh, one of her uh, best friends is, is actually is, uh, has a few books out and it's just, I've, my wife has told me I've talked to my wife's friend and stuff and it's just, it's a long process. And can you detail, like, just kind of maybe shed some light on what the process is from like, okay, I'm going to write this book, you know, like, or I have this idea for a book, like how much work is actually involved in like how long the process usually takes from like when you have the idea that you want to do the book and you start working on it to when you see like a finished product and it's on shelves or, you know, in this case, like on Amazon where people can buy it. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, this one took a, a, about two or year, two years start to finish from when we started working on it to when, um it actually was originally supposed to be released which ended up being pretty early on in the pandemic um and then again it got released about six months after that so the actual writing process went really quickly on this to start but it was a much simpler book so it was you know a is for announcer the announcer says who's coming to the ring b is for babyface babyface are good wrestlers like you know, it's a very simplistic book to write. So I handed it off to Nick in about a month. Um, and then at that point in time, we only had, I think, 25, 26 wrestlers that were going to be in the book. And we were going to start doing repeats. So then he's a, a wrestler. So they would appear on multiple pages. So then he started doing layouts and things. And then I kept adding wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> And then we were up to 40 wrestlers and then we were up to 50 wrestlers. And then we were at, I want to say 60 some wrestlers in the book when we pitched it to publishers the first time. Mm -hmm. And this was after about a year, we had had a a quote unquote final version of the book um, with 60 wrestlers in it. It was still back to that very simple language the the layouts weren't super dynamic and we got a publisher that was interested but they wanted to sell the book for 25 bucks as a hardcover and it's like it's a kid's first and foremost it's a kid's book it's an awesome wrestling collectible but it's a kid's book and so we backed out of that contract um you know before we signed it and then we offered it up to tristan books which is who my first choice for publisher was they're based out of Chicago land. Um, they're actually uh, out of Deerfield. So okay. they're only a couple hours from me. Cause I'm right on the border of Iowa and Illinois. Um, they had done the uh, Colt Cabana book. Oh, that's a and great they, one. It is. And that was one that I, again, really inspired us to do this book. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think I bought that book right at the time Prin was born. And then uh, they were just getting ready to announce that they were doing the elite books. So we, we pitched them the idea. They really liked it, but they told us we had a ton of work to do. So then we spent the next year, f- almost full year completely revising the book start to finish. So my writing process went from a month to probably five months. Okay. Back and forth on different versions of, of the text and, and going with a longer version. Um you know, now it's in like stanza formats, but it was probably seven or eight lines per page. And then now it's down to, to three or four, um, tightening up the language, going through with a professional copy editor. And then once that was done, Nick was able to start uh, re- redrawing the pages they wanted to redraw, which included me adding even more wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we ended up getting to 92 wrestlers and that dog. <laughs> wow. 92 wrestlers. So, um, 
Keep and that right. doesn't include the wrestlers we had to cut out. Through, so throughout all this process, we started getting wrestlers signed by NXT. But because we were so early on in the process and the book was going to be out so much later, we there are some wrestlers in the book now that are, are signed with NXT, but we ended up having to cut some. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out some of the wrestlers that got signed went through NXT and then left NXT by the between when we caught them from the book and when the book was finally released. So there's probably 10 or so wrestlers that we had signed that didn't make it to the final version. This is Tim Storm, former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. You're listening to What Do You Say with DDJ. If you love professional wrestling, this is where you need to get your information. Don't miss this. Once again, as always, thank you so much for listening to uh, my show, What Do You Say with DDJ, and I hope you enjoyed this uh, Volume 2 Best Of uh, compilation uh, that profiled or kind of caught the best of the best from uh, Episodes 22 through 28. Uh, Coming up next week will be a uh, What Do You Say with DDJ Best Of Volume 3, where I will throw out some clips from uh, episodes 29 through 35 basically take you right up to where i'm at and then in two weeks i'll be back with a brand new episode so uh once again thank you so much for listening and uh be sure to go to prowrestlingtees.com slash pro wrestling junkies to get your official what do you say with ddj shirt along with the other uh shows of the pro wrestling junkies pod squad including the junkyard uh toilet side wrestling talk with brad marcus uh steve's three and then the rest of the pro wrestling junkies t-shirts and also don't forget such good shoot uh if you wait uh you starting on uh, this wednesday april 14th at noon central time one eastern you can save 20 percent off all t-shirts on pro wrestling tees.com and 30 percent off all new japan merchandise by using the code spring fling when you pl- uh, place an order in pro wrestling tees.com well that's all the time i have this week uh, be sure to uh, once again tune in next week for uh, What Do You Say with DDJ, the best of volume three, where I uh, will throw out some clips from uh, episodes 29 through uh, 35. Thanks again for listening, guys. Have a good one. If you love professional wrestling and great podcasts, check out What Do You Say with DDJ on Facebook, Twitter, and also on ProWrestlingTees.com. In the search field, just type in DDJ and buy the best professional wrestling podcaster around.